Um, let's, uh, let's do something a little different. We're in a, a series called Fruit of the Spirit, and I just want us to, if we're able, to stay standing and just read the one scripture, or the two verses that this is surrounded on. We're going to read it together. So if we can put up on the screen Galatians 5, 22 and 23, as we read the word of God, God, we, we honor you, we thank you. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Awesome. Let's read this together nice and loud. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Church, you can have a seat, and as you do, turn to two people and tell them, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. Self-control? I'm out of control. That's what we're talking about today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever lost control? Yeah. Thank you for being honest. We're in church. That's good. So I lost control. Like, let me just say this. If you've ever prepared for a colonoscopy, I bet you've lost control, right? Just going to say it. You don't, leave, don't, you don't go far from the house if you've done that, okay? You're taking a chance just going to the mailbox. But anyway, so I'll never forget the time when I literally was in a car and we lost control. I was in my, I was probably 22 or 23, and uh, we were, um, me and some friends were hanging out, and we were going to drive into town, a small town, to go get some pizza. So we hopped in uh, my buddy's car, and uh, it's gravel, a lot of it's gravel to get to town. So we jump in the car, and it was, it was bad from the start. I mean, my buddy's name was Scrody. Okay, what does that tell you? It's downhill from there. So Scrody's driving the car. I'm in the passenger side. Uh, I'm strapped in. I got my seatbelt on, so I'm ready, right? I even was wearing a hard hat. I kid you not. Don't ask me why, but I was. So, um, and we're going into town. And, and Scrody is going over the speed limit quite a bit, especially on gravel. So we go over this hill, and we start to come down from this hill, and I'll never forget the feeling in my stomach. You know that feeling you get like maybe on a roller coaster or a ride where you, you kind of lose your stomach? That's how I felt when he came down from this hill. And as soon as I felt that, the tail end of the, the, uh, well, the Chevy Beretta, they don't make those anymore. Um, the, 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 his Chevy started to do this, fishtail, and I felt the back end going. And I was like, oh, I can't tell you what, what I said because I'm a pastor now. But I said, oh, crap, let's say that. And I felt it going, and all of a sudden it starts to go more and more. And the next thing I know, boom, boom, boom. And the car was in the ditch, rolled one time hard, landed on its tires, blew both tires on the, pa- or the driver's side. The sunroof flew off the car into a field, and uh, I mean, praise God, we were like strapped. We were both uh, buckled up. <laughs> but my hard hat actually helped me. I think it actually hit Scrody in the head, so that wasn't good for him. <laughs> he was hurting, but and I ripped the toenail off my big toe, so I was wearing sandals, so that hurt too. But it could have been a lot worse. But I will never forget the feeling when we were losing control, when we when when I knew that we, there was no turning back. It was there was no correcting what was happening, and. Uh, we, we totally lost control. Today we're talking about self-control, the opposite of losing control, but having control. I looked up a definition. I don't know if I put this on the screen or not, but I'll read it to you. What's self-control? The ability to manage one's impulses, emotions, behaviors, to achieve long-term goals. And then the definition literally said, this is what separates us from the animal kingdom. And I took that part out because I've seen dogs that have self-control better than people right? I mean, my dog, I'd be like, stay. He stays. My kids, I'd be like, clean your room. They, they're gone. I don't know what they're doing. So anyway, so I took that part out. But it, I, I, I wanted to give you a visual of what self-control looks like if you could see it. If I could take a picture, if I could show you something, what would it look like? 
Well, this is what I found, okay? So just check out the screen and watch this. What is that? Candy. Oh my goodness, that is so pretty. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's, here's the deal. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm gonna go potty really fast, okay? And when I come back, you can have them, okay? But don't touch them. You can't touch them until I get back, okay? Okay. You have to be so patient, okay? So very patient. It's really good. Okay, I'm gonna go potty and I'll be right back. But remember, don't touch him until I get back, okay? Okay. I'll be right back. Come over here, Kevin. I wish I had self-control like that, you know? I don't know why she was blowing on him, but whatever. Just do what you got to do. My, my question is, like, what is your, like, little piece of candy? What is the thing that you keep saying no to, but then you maybe ultimately say yes to? What is the thing that you maybe tried, you tried quitting, but you can't do it? Um, you've tried self-control, but it's simply not there. You said no only to say yes. What is, your, what is your swear jar, right? right? What is, you, you have a swear jar, but you filled it up 14 times, and you go to the bank with it, and they're like, here he comes again. Potty mouth and all, right? You, you've tried, but nothing is changing. The scripture that God has for us today, it, it's, it's, we read together Galatians 5, 22 and 23. What we're going to read today is we're going to put it all in context. I'm, I'm going to read the beginning above, or before that and then after that. And what you're going to see in the context of Galatians, what Paul writes to the church in Galatia and to you and I, you're going to see self-control all over this. God is going to show you something. If you're struggling in an area and you keep going back to the well, the well that you don't want to go back to, oh my God, I am so grateful that you're listening online, that you're here today. God's going to show you how you can, how, how you can, how you can have self-control in that area. The Word of God, Galatians 5, 16. Paul writes, so I say... Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants. You see, these two forces, they're constantly fighting each other. You feel this in you. 
so, so you're not free to carry out the good intentions that you have. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under the, you're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, though, well, the results, they're real clear, aren't they? Here's what they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, which is, which is so prevalent. I mean, when you hear idolatry, don't be thinking golden calves or the wooden statues. I mean, it's, it looks different this, this, it, than it did 2,000 years ago, right? Idolatry is like, Anything that you put in front of God, anything that goes before God is idolatry. Like, we're to worship God, we're to love others, we're to use things, right? Idolatry, what is that? Worshiping things, right? Loving ourselves, using people, that's idolatry. The next one, you might think the same thing, like sorcery. I mean, come on. Come on, see, what is this, Harry Potter? Sorcery? Witchcraft? It, let, me, let me kind of expound on that just for a second, too. You know witchcraft? I, I wrote this down. It, it's from the Greek word Pharmakela. Say pharmakela. I love when you speak Greek to me. That's awesome. Okay. Pharmakela. So that, that derives from the English word pharmacy. In other words, use of drugs. So when you think of use of drugs, it is tied. I mean, it is, in Paul's day, magicians in Paul's day would often use drugs to bring about their evil effects. This, everything in the word of God is prevalent to today. Everything you read in the word of God points to something that impacts your life today. Let's keep going. Hostility. Quarreling, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. We don't have that, do we? Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. My gosh, it's like I just read my biography before I met Jesus. I don't know. So let me tell you again, Paul says, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, those things that I just read off to you out of the word of God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're like, wait a minute. So, so if I'm if I'm if I'm getting drunk, or if I'm I'm I have outbursts of anger, if I'm impure, or then I'm I'm not going to heaven. Um, understand something: the spirit when you're when the spirit's not in you, you, that that is the defining moment when you give your life to Christ. The spirit enters you. If you're living this way, the ways that we just read off, if you're living that way with no remorse, with really no desire to change your ways, okay, the spirit is not guiding your life. So that's what Paul is saying. I'll, I'll, let me put it in my terms. I've always believed in Jesus. I just lived like he didn't exist. So when I was living that way, much of the things we read there, I believed in Jesus all my life. I just wasn't bowing down to him. I wasn't surrendering to him. But you believe in Jesus. That should be enough. Is it? Satan believes in Jesus. The demons believe in Jesus. You know the difference? They're not surrendering to him. They're not bowing down to him. They're not allowing any Holy Spirit to lead their direction. Do you see where I'm coming from? That's the difference. So, verse 22, you know this because you read it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And here it is. The whole series is based on this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The one we're dealing with right now. There's no law against any of those. But those who belong to Christ Jesus... Listen to how forceful this is. They've nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross. They have crucified them there. And since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every, say every, every area, every part of our lives. God's going to show you how to do that today. God's going to show us how to do that today. The one thing that hit me, so many things hit me in that, but... 
there's, we're in a battle. We are in a spiritual war. We, there are two opposing forces. Even with the Holy Spirit in you, they are at war. So we've got the, the, we got the flesh, which is the sinful desires that we, we maybe act out or don't act out, and the Holy Spirit. So what was more powerful, the flesh or the spirit? Spirit is more powerful, right? So the flesh can be real powerful, but the spirit is all powerful. But all the power in the world doesn't make a difference unless you walk with it, unless you utilize it, unless you access it. You know what I'm saying? So God's going to show us how to do that. I, I wrote this down, and this won't make sense right away when you hear it. To have control, you need to lose control. What, to have control, you need to lose control. Now, I don't know if there's any control freaks in the room, right? Don't point, right? Don't try to raise somebody else's hand. I mean, <laughs> but control freaks will struggle with this. And I, can, I can be guilty when my wife Jody and I drive in the car. I want to control all the, all the, you know, I want to control the radio. I want to control the air. And we don't get along when it comes to the air. I want it at 68. She prefers like 88. I don't, and somebody's like, well, she's got her controls, you got yours. Listen, we're in a vehicle. It, it drifts over. It's not that big. Her air gets over on my, so it's, it's a struggle. So I'll try to control that. She's like, don't touch the controls. And I'm like, so if you ever see me driving without a shirt on, I mean, you know we're fighting about that because I'm hot. Um, in fact, sometimes I got to get sneaky with her. I'll be like, Jody, there's a home goods store, half price, everything. She's like, what, what? I'll be like, hitting the dial, you know, turning it down. So she catches on, but we, I can have a little, I can, I can have a little control issue. I don't know if you can, but the truth is I really don't have control of much. I'm breathing right now, but I'm not thinking about it. You know, I am, my heart is beating, but I have no control over it. None. We don't have control. At the end of the day, really, if you think about it, it isn't self-control that we're really talking about. It's a self-choice. That's the difference. You don't have control. You really don't. Not over hardly anything. We want to think we do, but we don't. So it's not about control. It is about choice. Say choice. It, it is about choice. That's really what I'm talking about. Lose control and choose to give God control. And, and somebody here, you believe the lie that, you know what, I've always struggled in this area. I've always gone down that road. I've always gone to that well, and I'll always struggle. Let's face it, even with Jesus in me, I'll never be perfect, right? Only Jesus was perfect. Let me tell you something. With God's power in you, you can overcome absolutely anything. Anything. I'll show it to you. Let me just read a, a piece of the, the book of Romans. For anybody that thought, there's no way, I'll never get over this hurdle. Listen to how you can live. It says in Romans, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to do it. There's always a way out. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. If you crucify them to the cross, if you, if you get intentional like God's going to show us how to today, you don't have to live that way anymore. Let's face it, we all have evil desires, right? I mean, I'm a pastor, and things go through my head. I don't want to admit sometimes. I had a guy reach out to me this week um, on my phone. I have no idea how he got my name or number, but the text was like, hey, Monty. I mean, so he knew my name. He's like, hey, this is Ian. I'm like, I don't know any Ian. But he's like, this is Ian. I've been all around the neighborhood in your area, and, and, I, and your house, your house is it. Your house is the one I want. I want to talk about you, you know, you selling your house. And I'm like, how does this, I mean, my first... I mean, I wanted to call him and be like, listen, Ian. So, but my first knee-jerk reaction was not a godly reaction. So then I, I, I just actually went and blocked the number. And then two minutes after I did it, I thought, no, no, no. 
I'm a pastor. Maybe God wants, maybe this is a divine appointment with me and Ian. So I text Ian back. And I said, hey, Ian, what up, my man? I said, thanks for reaching out. I said, let me just ask, first of all, you know, as we get to know each other, I said, do you have a church home? I did. And uh, he was pretty quiet for about five minutes, and all of a sudden the bubbles. And he's like, yes, I do, thank you. And I was like, that does, it, it just didn't sound sincere to me. I was like, all right, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. So I replied, I said, well, Ian, I said, that is awesome. I'm so, I'm so glad that you do. You do. I said, uh, I mean, I hope you don't mind me asking, but where do you, where do you go? Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard back from Ian since. <laughs> Ian, if you're watching, come on. If you want to buy my home, I want to get to know you a little bit, buddy. So I'm just saying, let's get to know each other. So anyway, so we all have evil desires. Um, what you can't do, and this is what so many people try to do, I just need to, I just need to not think about it. I just need to say no to it. I mean, I, I can't do that anymore, so I'm just going to not think about it or do it or whatever. And we keep saying no to it. But, but how does that work for you? It didn't work for me so many times. This is what I know. You can't just keep saying no to something. Eventually, you have to say yes to something else. You have to replace it. You, 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 you can't just say, I'm not going to go down that path anymore without taking a different path. It's impossible. I'm going to turn from that road. If you turn from that road, you better turn to another one. And it better look different. Brings us to the main point. I'll give it to you right now. You can't just say no to the wrong thing. It will not work in most cases. Maybe not all, but most it won't. You must replace, say replace. You must replace it. Type replace in the comments right now watching online. Type replace. You must replace it by saying yes to the right thing. This is what so many people miss. I keep not going there, but I keep going back there. You're not replacing it with something else. You want something, like you keep starving that area to get it to die, but eventually you're going to die. If you don't feed it with something else. See, what you feed grows. What you starve dies. But if you just starve something and say no to it without saying yes to something else, it will not work. So I thought about this. I'm like, what, what are some of the things that we say yes to that we know maybe, maybe we shouldn't? So I got things. Got a few th props. Oh, my gosh. I, I want those out yet. I hope you don't see that. Um, what do we got here? It's like we're play playing a... Uh, Let's make a deal. Um, yeah. So it's not every day you see beer at church, but this is Meadows, and it's a little different here. So you know what this is. This is a Bud Light. This might not be your, the candy that you're trying to not go to. This might not be the thing that you struggle with, but a lot of people do. It is, say, drinking. And, and you're like, I don't want to go here anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. So you take it away, and you're like, okay, now, now I'm good. But, but there's a void here. And eventually, you're going to want to fill that void. And so many people, what they do is they go back to the same thing. You get it? So, and the more you think about, oh, I need to take it away. I need to say no to it. I don't want to do it anymore. And you're looking at this, and you're thinking about this, and there's nothing there, and I need to fill it. Because naturally, you need to fill it with something. You go back to it. And, and again, that might not be it. But what, if it, what about pornography? I mean, so many people, men and women, women struggle. And this, this, this device has so much you can access anything on this. Anything that you want. That's why I always tell parents, and, and my kids, they have phones, but there's, there's, they, they, don't, they don't think they do because there's so many restrictions on it, they can barely even call anybody. But I just, I'm not naive enough to give a child a, a, a smartphone and say, well, there you go. Just whatever you, I mean, are you insane? There, so, so many people struggle with pornography. 
and, and, and it's on the table and you keep taking it off and you put guardrails on your phone, but then you, you deceive yourself and you know the way to get around the guardrails and you go back there anyway. And you keep saying yes and you've said no a thousand times. And you're wondering, why do I keep going back to the well? It's off. you got to replace it with something else. And then, I'm, let's get real. I mean, gosh darn it. I'm going to get real with you guys. I don't know if it's resonating yet, but what, I, I don't know what your vice is. I don't know where it is. This, and what, I don't know if this is, you know, what you struggle with. Maybe overeating or Krispy Kremes. How could these be bad, God? How could they be bad? How could you say this is bad? And it's there. And you don't want to keep going back to the well. By the way, this box isn't full, so pray for me. So it used to be. Um, so, but you keep going back there. What is it for you that you keep going back to? It may not be any of these, but you fill in the blank. You get it. And you, you've been saying no. And it's like, I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to live differently. I want to honor my wife. I want to honor my husband. I want to honor God. I don't want to do it anymore. And at the end of the day, here's where you sit. And all you do is fixate about it, and all you do is think about it, and eventually, it comes back. And you think about it, you eat it, you act on it, you drink it, and you do it again and again. God, what is the answer? You promised that you'd show us something. I'm going to give you three things. Three things that you can replace whatever it is that you struggle with. The first one, it might seem elementary because this is a church, but I promise you it isn't. The first one is prayer. Say prayer. So this is our prayer cross that, is in our, that goes in our prayer room. Now there's, there's a story behind this baby that I don't have time to get into right now, but if you don't believe in the power of prayer, ask somebody about this story sometime. I promise you, you'll understand how powerful prayer is. Prayer is so overlooked and underused, I can't hardly believe it. The, the, the power of prayer. So repeat after me, say nine. 23. It's been a while since I've reminded our church that in your phone, I want you to set a reminder. I don't care if it's 9.23 a.m. or p.m., but at 9.23, I want you to set a reminder to pray. It might be the only time you pray all day. You need to do this. If you haven't done it yet, take time right now. I'll allow you to get on there. I don't like you on your phones much, but you can do it. So 9.23. Pastor, why 9.23? Because in Daniel 9.23, Daniel, a man of prayer, listen to what it says. The moment, this is an archangel, Michael speaking. The moment, Daniel, you began praying, a command was given. The moment you pray, the moment you get authentic with God and you start talking to God. And you say, God, I don't want to do it anymore. God, I need your help. I don't want to go there anymore. God, take this from me. I can't do it on my own. A command is given. And God, the angels go forth and they fight for you and they battle with you. It's amazing the power of prayer. In fact, one time when Jesus was in the garden, you want to talk about a battle. When he's getting ready to do what he came to do, listen to this. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 41. Keep watch, Jesus said. And what? And pray. So that you will not give in to temptation. Wow. So Jesus, you're saying if I pray, I may not give in to that. Yep. Straight from the Lord. So that you won't give into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You can't do it on your own. You cannot do it without the spirit's help. You want to access the spirit? Access him directly through the power of prayer. You have to replace that with this. And you have to say yes. Say yes. Yes, I say yes to prayer. What else do we got? What else, God, should we say yes to? 
your word. We should say yes to the word of God. We should say yes to the word of God. And again, oh, come on, pastor. Yeah, the word of God is church. Understand something. And I, and I love you, but I know this about any church. Most of the church isn't reading this. And I will do whatever it takes to help you. I, I, don't, I, I always say 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. Why 10 minutes? You can do 10 minutes. You can do 10 minutes. I don't care if you read. You could read an hour if you want, two hours. You'd read more than me. But 10 minutes would be enough. A day, you can do that. Where do I start? Start in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and go from there. That's where you start. The Word of God. Jesus. So Jesus is getting tempted by the devil after his baptism. So, so, so the devil is offering Jesus all the things that the world loves. And he's offering it to the extreme. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 4.4. 4. But Jesus told the devil, no. But he didn't stop there. He didn't say, nope, I'm not going to do it. Because Jesus knows I can't just say no. I have to replace it with something better. So he says, no, people don't live by bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Jesus knows you must feed on the word of God. He says it over and over to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Your problem is you don't know the word of God. You don't know scripture. You Listen to me. You, you, you won't live your purpose without getting in the word of God. I want you to live your purpose 10 minutes a day. You can do 10 minutes. I promise you. And you may not feel like it changes you in the moment. It will change you. You can't just say no to the wrong thing. You need to replace it by saying yes to the right thing. And then finally, we, we, so we got prayer. And we've got the word of God. And then, of course, we've got the right people. Now, this is Jesus. He's always the right person. Get up there, Jesus. There you go. Right by the cross. Right where you belong, Jesus. So there's Jesus. And he, is the right, he represents the right people. So I want to I wanna replace it with prayer. I want to replace it with the word of God. And I want to replace it with the right people. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It will, all, it will every time. You become who you hang out with. You come back to your senses, Paul writes. You come back as you ought. Stop sinning. You won't do it without the right influences. You won't do it without the right people. You won't do it. You need to get around people. People that love him. People that seek him. People that, that want what he wants. That's what you need in your life. So, so I need to pray. And I need to get in the word of God. And I need to surround myself with the right people that love the Lord and love me and love the church. If I do that, pretty soon this isn't even on my mind. I'm not even really thinking about this anymore because I'm, I can't, I don't have time. I'm engrossed in this. I've replaced it with something else and something better. So many people I talk to, listen, my addiction background brings people to me that have that same background. And, and I'm, they, talk, they tell me all the time, I keep going back, I keep doing it. And I'm telling you, I know why you're doing it. I've done it hundreds of times. I never replaced it with this. And, and we as a church, we've created environments where you can get all that. In, in one setting, in one shot. They're called life groups. I talked about them earlier. In a life group, the small groups in our church, if you don't know what that means, in small groups that meet during the week, we pray together. We get in the word of God together. We, we, we are godly people. We're trying to be. We're trying to figure it out. We love each other. We love the church. We're doing it. So this is, this is, this is why they're there. They're not there to just be one more thing the church does. Our church doesn't have a lot of activities. You'll, you'll notice that. We don't have a lot of different ministries, and we're not doing 500 different things. We never will. 
We are a church that is laser-focused on purpose. We are laser-focused on helping people heal. We are laser-focused on relationships. We, that, we are laser-focused. I'm not going to be a, we're not, we'll never have hundreds of ministries. We won't. The only way they'll happen is if a life group decides, hey, that's our heart. We're going to be a single mom's life group. Okay. You know what I say? Go for it. It's yours. You run with it. You lead it. I love it. I want it. I want those. They are church-led by the life groups. So, and you might be thinking, listen, it's summer. I don't have time. Life group's just one more thing. And I would say to you, maybe you just don't want it bad enough. See, I got to a point where I wanted it bad enough. And it was, is it summer? Yeah. I don't, I don't think the devil really cares. And I don't know if God cares. All I know is this. I can't keep telling myself that my purpose is to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus says, you'll find me when you seek me with all, say all, with all of your heart. Well, I want to seek you with half my heart. I'm going to seek you with 75% of my heart. Jesus says, you won't find me. You can do it all you want. You wonder why you keep going back there. You don't seek me with all your heart. I am not your first love. I, I said, you love my father with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but you're loving him with just a piece of it because other things get in the way and, and, and we can step on toes and family gets in the way sometimes. And I love my family. A vacation, uh, you know, I, I won't go to a life group, but I'll, I'll certainly do that vacation or that impromptu meeting with a friend or a lake home or whatever it is that you want to put in the spot. But I still want the blessings of God. So maybe you're not broken enough. Maybe you haven't lost enough. Or maybe you don't want to get well. And that might seem insane. What do you mean, pastor, I don't want to get well? I need help. I need to get better. I need to stop saying yes to the wrong things. There's people that don't want to get well. And, and I, we're crazy, right? We're messed up people. There are people, they've learned to get comfortable. They've lived that way for so long. They've gone back to the well so many times. It's what they do. I'm comfortable doing it. I'm functioning in my dysfunction, and at the end of the day, I'm okay with it. You know, you know, what, you know what I'd say? If you don't want to get well, even Jesus can't heal you. He can't. Well, Jesus can do everything. No. You, 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 if you don't want it, he can't do it. There was miracles Jesus couldn't do in the word of God based on faith, based on what they wanted, based on what they thought. If you don't want to get well, even Jesus can't heal you. If, I can't get beyond that. Man, I, you have to say to yourself, I want to get well. I want to get well. I don't want to live that way anymore. You have to choose to get well. You have to, you have to really get to the point where you say, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. You have to get to a point where, you know what? I will do whatever it takes to say no to the wrong things so I can say yes to the right things, to the good things, to the God things. That's where you have to get whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. Until you get to that whatever it takes mindset, it will not happen. You have to do that. Most people won't, but I'll never stop reminding you, you are not most people. You are part of the bride of Christ. You are part of Meadows Church on purpose for a purpose. You are different. I believe it. I said in a message one time, you have to plan towards what's good because you drift towards what's bad. Never forget that. I'll never stop reminding you, the moment you leave this environment where we're protected and you know, we're together and many of us are believers and all this, the moment you leave and you go in the world, you are an escalator going backwards automatically, and it will never stop. And you have to keep pursuing and seeking. Man, we don't have control, but we have a choice. We have a choice. And I'm proud of you. I'll say it straight up. If you even have the desire for the fruit of the Spirit, if you have the desire to quit the wrong things, if you have a desire to love, 
If you have a desire to experience joy, to have peace, if you even have that desire, it means the Holy Spirit's leading you. That's awesome. He might not even be in you. He might be leading you externally. Maybe you're not even saved yet. I don't know. I'm just saying he is leading you in a direction. You being here today, you watching online, this is a wise choice. I'll never stop reminding you. The world will say, you're crazy. I mean, it's beautiful, it's summer, and you're going to, I, I, I would have it no other way. And I hope you wouldn't either. But the one thing I'll never stop reminding us is Meadows Church, we all have a next step, me included. What is your next step? What is your next step? You know, recovery, um, there's 12 steps of recovery. If you're in the recovery, you probably know what they are. The first step, if you want to get well, the first step in recovery, step one. We admitted, listen to this, we admitted that we were powerless. In other words, we don't, we don't have control. I'm powerless. Where are you powerless? We admitted we're powerless over our addictions and compulsive behavior. Whatever it is. It could be anger. It could be lust. You fill in the blank. And that our lives have become what? Unmanageable. In other words, out of control. They're out of control. And there's an area or areas of your life. And you're, you know it because you're thinking of it right now. That it's out of control. And it's gotten to a point and you hate what's happening in your life. And you hate what it's doing to you and the people around you. And this is why God brought you here today. And if you, don't, and if you think your life is all together, I mean, listen to me. Just because your life might look good on the outside, the Instagram feed, the Facebook, whatever, the things that we pretend we are, I'm guilty of it too. That's not reality. Just because your life looks beautiful on the outside doesn't mean it's fruitful on the inside. It doesn't. And I always say, if you don't know what your problem is, ask the people around you, they'll tell you, right? If you, if, if, if somebody, if more than one person has told you that you have a problem with some, something, Krispy Kreme, whatever, if more than one person has told you that you have a problem with something, hello, McFly, you have a problem with something, okay? It's, it's, it's not hard to determine. Here's the question I can't get by and I need you to, I, I pray that you'll answer this before you leave today or before you log off today. I admit that I'm powerless over blank. I admit that I'm powerless over my anger. I admit that I'm powerless over lustful thoughts. I admit that I'm powerless over um, drinking, over pornography, over neglecting my children, over um, whatever it is, not taking care of myself, mind, body, and soul. I admit that I'm powerless it, see, powerlessness, admitting that, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. You know that Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, so he's a Christian. I mean, he's the Christian of Christians. So he, in Romans, he writes something insane. I, I never could get by it because he's saved. And he's right, you know what he's writing? He's like, I keep doing what I don't want to do. I keep going back to the well. And he's so frustrated. You should read it sometime. Romans 7. He's like, I can't stand myself. I, I'm disgusted when I look at myself. I'm this, I'm this man of God. I'm this Paul who went from killing Christians and now I lead churches and I plant churches in Galatia and Ephesus and all these places. And I keep doing the things I don't want to do. Why do I keep doing And he's crying out to God. And he's so broken and he's so hurting. And listen, I wrote it down. Paul is not denying that there's victory. He's pointing out that we cannot win the victory on our own strength or our own will. Victory only comes through the power of Jesus Christ. 
That's where it comes. And Paul knew it. So Paul's crying out. Feels like a failure. You ever felt that way? In your dysfunction? In the decisions that you make? You ever felt like I'm, I, I'm screwing up, I'm failing? See, the, most people's response to failure is like remorse. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, which isn't, that's a start. But it's remorse or regret. You know what our response needs to be when we fail? Repent. Repentance. That's, in other words, that's what this whole message is about if you haven't caught it. You know what repentance is? It's, it's, it's leaving this path and going onto this path. It's saying no to this, but then replacing it with yes to this. This is what repentance is. You feel like you're failing, you need to repent. Repentance isn't a bad thing, it's a beautiful thing. Take ownership, I wrote, and start feeding your spirit. For some of you, the, de the devil's been whispering in your ear. And you know what he keeps saying? It's over. It's too late. You've screwed up so many times. You've fallen down so many times. You've messed up too many times. But you know what? We're not going to listen to that. We're going to listen to the louder voice. The God voice. The God that today declares, you know what? I am still with you in the fight. I still have a plan for your life. And if you're willing to lose control so that God can have control, I'm telling somebody, you are in for the ride of your life. You are. He wants to move in you. He wants to do something in you. He wants to take you on a new path. He wants to show you. He wants to walk with you. He's guiding you. He can't do it all. He's done his part. He's showing you how you can do your part. <laughs> Control. Ava, no pressure, but you have a driver's ed test today. It's the big test, isn't it? This is, this is, the, this is the pass or fail, you know, driving with the, the instructor. Well, Ava's already driven with them twice last week. They kind of, you know, little practice sessions. I asked Ava, I said, Ava, how did, the, how did the first session go when you drove around for her? She's like, Dad, he had to use the brake. <laughs> you know, because in, in driver's end cars, they got a brake on the passenger side. She's like, you had to use the brake. I said, well, happens to the best of us, Ava. <laughs> and the second day she gets done, I said, oh. She goes, Dad, second day he didn't have to use the brake. I said, that's awesome. She said, but he had to grab the wheel. I said, all right. I don't know if that's better or worse. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I think. I know this is true for me and maybe it's true for you. We, we know Carrie Underwood is right, right? Jesus, take the wheel. We know the right answer. Jesus, you're to, you're to be the driver and we're the passenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all day long. Will we allow him to do it? Here's what I do. I'm, I, I want the driver's ed car. Jesus, you can drive, but I, I want to brake. So, so I'm going to stop you when it gets too crazy. I'm going to stop you when you start calling me to give when I don't feel like I can give or, or get in a life group when I don't think I can be in a life group. God, I'm going to hit the brake. God, you want me to go that direction? Well, my, my, we're going this direction today. Uh, let me grab the wheel. And God's like, what are you doing? This isn't the driver's ed car. You need to remove the brake. You, you need to just stay on the passenger side and let me lead. Remember, you don't have control, but you have a choice. And God's like, what will you choose? It's like salvation. You know, Jesus Christ and the cross? Jesus went to the cross for you and I. That's a done deal. That won't, that, that'll never change. He's done his part. Well, you have a choice to do yours, just like I do. Salvation, heaven, that's not God's choice. It's yours. It's mine. 
You don't have control, but you have a choice. And, and for some, the, the first step is the Holy Spirit in you. That, that is salvation. You get that by making a choice and saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on a cross for me, but he didn't stay dead. You know that, right? Maybe you don't. I don't know. Audience is different all the time. We get new people every weekend at Meadows Church. So in case you don't know it, Jesus was crucified for your sins and for mine because we can't pay that penalty. Only he could do it. And, and, but he didn't stay dead. Bryce, he didn't stay dead. You know what? He didn't stay dead, Caitlin. You know that, right? So you're in there right now? He was in there too. But three days later, three days later, Jesus Christ, he came out. Jesus Christ was alive. The tomb was empty. And because the tomb is empty, you don't have to go here anymore. You get to go here. You get to go here. God wants to do something in you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves so, so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you can sell out to it. I want, I want God, I want you. If you ask God to forgive you today, he'll do it. If you ask the Holy Spirit to come into you today and you're authentic and you, you repent and you want to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things, he will come into you and make you new. You will stop doing those, those things that we read earlier. You'll stop doing those. Maybe not right away. Probably not right away. But every day you will get closer to Jesus. Will you call on the name of Jesus Christ online? Will you type, I choose Jesus in the comments? We will love you. We will walk with you. Typing a phrase doesn't save you. Praying a prayer doesn't save you. But it is a step towards salvation. What saves you is the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Calling on the name of Jesus. Asking him to come into you and make you new. He'll do it. That's the gospel. He died and rose so that you might live with him now and forever. And it was never, a, and, and once you know that, once Christ lives in you, he'll change you. You'll become less selfish. You'll realize that it's not even about you. It's about others that God wants to use you for. It's about what God wants to do through you. You think about fruit. We're in a series called Fruit of the Spirit. What is fruit for? It's for eating. We eat fruit. That's what it's made. You ever thought about that? We don't put it on a shelf. We don't admire it. We, we eat it. Listen to me. People out there, and some of you in here, are starving for love, starving for joy, starving for a little bit of peace. And then when people see it in you and I, you know what? They're going to want what we have. They're going to know they need what we have. I, you need, we bear fruit. We bear fruit so that others might be fed. We bear fruit so that others might be helped. We bear fruit so that others might be healed. We bear fruit so that others might find the same hope that you and I have found in Jesus Christ and that God gets all the glory. Can you praise him louder? Can you shout his name? Can you give it? Put your hands together. Meadows Church, this is a day that can be a game changer for you. I'm going to pray for you. The band will come up. The prayer team will come up, and this is what we're going to do. The cross. Remember how Jesus said, nail it to the cross? Well, it's going to be hard to nail anything to this. So, the band will play music. I'll pray for you. There's note cards on your chairs. If you're willing, this is all I'm asking. Answer the question. Step one, I admit I'm powerless over my addiction or compulsive behavior. Can we get real before the Father? 
When I'm done praying, the lights will go dim. Again, the music will continue to play. The prayer team will be, at, be able to access the prayer team right here as you, need, as you come up. And this bucket, we can just use this bucket right here to, to surrender, to nail what's holding you back to this. Get real. You don't have to fake it in here. You're messed up and so am I. Let's tell the Father where we're powerless and give him control. We don't have control, God, but we have a choice. We want to surrender to you. So, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you that you're showing us that, that there's such hope, but it requires something from us. That we can't, just, we can't just keep saying no to the bad, no to the wrong, no to what we don't, do, don't want, but we have to replace it with something better. And you're at the center of something better, prayer, the Word of God, people of God. I pray that, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that people will take that step. It might, it might be getting in a life group. It might be whatever they're surrendering to, writing something on a piece of paper and having the courage to just come up and drop it at the feet of Jesus. Drop it and nail it to a cross so, so decisively, so forcefully, like we don't want this anymore. We're turning and we're going a different direction. God, give people the courage to do what only you can do through them. We love you. We thank you. And we'll never stop declaring in the name of Jesus Christ. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.